The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 134 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Young, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. But James, we're not alone tonight. Not alone. There's a third wheel tonight. <laughs> we have a, Well, it's not a third wheel. Come on. Oh, <laughs> we, we have a guest host tonight, Ben Lutrario, one of our patrons from the Super Speedway. Ben, how is it going tonight? It's going all right, Eric and James. I'm just... Kind of staying out of the cold. <laughs> All right. We'll talk a little bit about ISM Raceway and uh, and the playoffs and championship weekend. But let's talk to Ben here for a second. Uh, ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you how did you get into NASCAR and how did you find us? Well, honestly, I, I had a friend in high school that was a big NASCAR fan. And I used to give her a hard time because I really didn't understand the sport and kind of just thought it was um kind of boring to see people go left but um i studied it and saw how hard the athletes work to set the cars up on the racetrack and um how much effort they put in to the week and um kind of got hooked on it by watching the daytona 500 on in 2014 i guess ever since that i've pretty much been a fan so that's how i got in nascar that's pretty cool man because you know when when people don't like NASCAR, I, I, I have always found it hard to get them to come around to it. Um, so I, I guess what, what was it? You, you explained that it was the athletes and, and seeing how, how these guys perform. Um, but did you, did have you been to an event in person? Is there anything else that kind of cued you into, man, this is really cool. I've been to, um, Richmond about eight times, but, nice. um, my mom has a friend and she goes to a lot of the um, races and she said the only way you'll get hooked to it is if you actually um, visit one of the races and just see it for yourself in person on how everybody um, operates there and I guess how fast the cars are and what um, I guess skill goes into actually performing at the level they do. That really is definitely something that like, you know, as, as great of a job as they do on TV coverage and, and showing you every aspect of the race, there's just nothing like being there. There's just something special about even the, I mean, the views aren't as good. It's not, you don't have the access, I guess, when you're there that you have when you're watching on TV, but it's just still something that makes it better about being there in person. I guess that's true of all sports, but it really is definitely true of our sport. Well, I, I've always thought of NASCAR as you, you can see it on TV and you can hear it a little bit on TV, but when you're there in person, it's, it's you, what you feel, you feel it. You can feel it, you know, in the hollows of your body, you know? Right. I would agree with that. Cause, um, when I took one of my friends there, um, he had never been to one. And I said, wait until these, wait until the restart or first restart happens. And then you'll feel it in your chest. He's like, Oh, I don't believe you. And then, um, cars came around he's like oh well by the way ben i can feel it in my chest i was like told you <laughs> yeah. still, exactly yep my favorite part of every weekend still is that start when you got 40 cars or you know 32 cars or whatever they run in the truck series now blasting into turn one in this pack of cars it just doesn't it, it's just it's something man it's it's amazing i get chills talking about it <laughs> <laughs> i can't agree more <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about ISM Raceway. Uh, speaking of chills and excitement, we didn't really have a lot of that this weekend in Phoenix. <laughs> well, Ben Ben may have though, because well, I'll, I'll let him tell you when we get when we get there. But um, yeah, it was as far as racing is concerned, it was uh, it was rough. Let's yeah, put it that way. you know, and, and I saw the the reports or heard the people talking about it, and for some reason, I kind of felt like it was better than I expected. I mean, that still doesn't mean it was good. But it was better than I expected it. Like they, like they definitely tried to put in the extra work at Phoenix to get something that works well. Looking forward toward next year, I think, to see if maybe there was some way to, um, you know, scrape this package together and make it work as a as a championship race next year. But man, I think they've got to change something for this. But yeah, they got they got a long way to go. Yeah, but let's we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Denny Hamlin. Uh, gets it done this weekend, man. He, you know, he basically had to win this race to get into the playoffs or, or to get in the final four, um, to continue his playoff run, continue what is so far been a career year for Denny Hamlin. And he gets it done. He, he, he runs well in the race, dominates the thing, 143 laps led and, uh, gets the win, moves on to, on to Homestead along with his two or two of his JGR teammates and Kevin Harvick. So, um, I, James, take us away on this. Cause you've got some questions here on the show notes and they, they're good questions. I want you to throw the, throw those out yeah. there for us. So Denny Hamlin, I mean, must win race. It, it probably, I feel like it's one of the biggest wins of his career, but I'm going to ask one of his big fans, Ben, uh, Ben, where do you rank this for, for Denny Hamlin on, as far as the biggest wins of his career? I'd say other than the, um, two Daytona 500s that I have to say, um, the race yesterday in Phoenix had to be his top one because it put him into the playoffs. I guess must win. I guess every, all the chips were on the table, so I guess he had to put it all out there. And I guess his effort obviously gave him enough to get him to the finish line, get him the homestead. Yeah, it was a fantastic um, day for him. He he was on one, I think, from the start, Eric. He, yeah. Um, he just was untouchable. I think Kyle, one of the questions, one of the reporters was talking to Kyle Larson after the race and they said, what could we have done? I think they were kind of referring to the rules package <laughs> and, uh, Larson said, yeah, you had to slow that 11 car down. Cause he was, he was on one. Um, I, I agree with Ben that I think this is probably depending. I, let me put an asterisk on this. <laughs> depending on where how I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depending on what happens on Sunday, this, I think, could be the biggest win of his career. The Daytona 500s are are pinnacle wins for this guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I the only other race I can remember um, recently with this playoff format that was that was similar to this was Brad Keselowski at Talladega a few years ago. Uh, similar situation, must win. Yeah, going into Dega, must win. Uh, and Denny Hamlin in the same spot. The way Kyle Busch was running, Joey Logano was still having a pretty good day. Um, but Denny held them all off and his career season gets to continue. Yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing, James will know whether this is the biggest win in his career after Sunday at Homestead. Um, if he wins the championship by far, this outweighs the, I mean, I, I'd say it outweighs both Daytona 500s combined. If he can get the win this weekend, um, if not, it's still a big win, but I think I'd have to rank those 500 wins a little bit above it. But uh, I think so. You know, this is redemption so. for Denny Hamlin. He had a chance to race for the championship against Jimmy Johnson, had a really rough day that day um, and uh, gets a chance to do it one more time. And in a, you know, a career that 
people counted Hamlin out, man. They they expected him yeah. to be done. Well, and, I, you know, I'll say really quick, the way he was talking at the press conference, was it before? It was on Saturday, I believe. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard his comments about he, he even said, you know, I'm OK with being the next Mark Martin. Mark had a pretty good career. Right. Um, and I don't know if he was playing possum a little bit. But he sure as heck didn't race like he was okay with just being Mark Martin. He so there was a championship on the line, so yeah, definitely. Um, it is Denny Hamlin's first Phoenix win since 2012. Again, dominating performance, 143 laps led. Uh, Joey Logano was next with 93 laps led, and uh, you know had a had a decent day going to start with. Then kind of had everything in. Uh, in Kyle Busch's hands, and it didn't work out for him. Um, Joey Logano knocked out of the Final Four, will not get a chance to run this season for a second championship in a row. Uh, James, interesting stat you've got here in the notes. I want you to get read that one for us. Yeah, so the the decade that is the 2010s, this will be the first time that we have not had a back-to-back champion in the history of the sport. Um, every decade that NASCAR has run has seen at least one back-to-back champion, so we will uh, we will not see that this year. I thought that was kind of fascinating. Um, and, and Denny Hamlin, if he can win this championship, we'll have another first time winner. So we've got a lot of, um, got a lot on the line for these championships going, going forward here. For sure. Um, Ben, anything to add on Joey Logano? Uh, I think he picked, um, I'm actually have a question of like, I don't know what happened to the 22. I felt like his balance was really good after he won stage two. And after that, it kind of just fell apart. Like you said, Eric. Yeah, and I don't know if I've seen anything. I know I heard on the broadcast they were talking about that they thought maybe the tires were on incorrectly or something was actually air, off mechanically. Yeah. I heard air pressure. He okay. they they made an adjustment. They needed to get the car tighter and they thought by adding I believe it was half a pound uh that it would get the car right where Joey needed it, but it actually went the other direction on him and it, and he was too tight, started to fade. Um that was the the best assessment that I had heard. Um, Joey, you know, doesn't get in, doesn't have a great day in the end, but his day was still better than Chase Elliott, who has had the worst <laughs> round of eight yeah. of anybody, probably in the history of the round of eight. Uh, Chase Elliott wrecks early, um, had a good car. I mean, he was running, running well, had a definitely, I think had a car that would have contended for the win. I don't know if you'd have been able to, if he'd been able to do anything with Denny, but he was up there running with him and, uh, just blew it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> he, he, you know, he did race Denny pretty good there for a stretch. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he didn't have as, as much form. But, you know, with a late race restart, heck, you know, who, who knows? Um, but I, yeah, he his uh, his round of eight finishes just for the record, uh, 36, 32, 39. That yep. is as as bad as you're going to get right there. Right. I feel like there were two guys that could pass on Sunday. One of them was Chase Elliott. One of them was Denny Hamlin. And when Chase fell out, that was the end of our race, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Um, ben, what, what were you thinking when, because uh, it looked like Chase was maybe was maybe Denny's number one contender. You had to be celebrating a little bit as a, as a Denny fan, right? I was a little bit, but um, Blaney, I, I I thought he had a really good day as well. So I, he kind he of did. made me nervous because I felt if any caution would come out, he had a chance to maybe get ahead of Denny, so... It's kind of breathing a little bit hard there. <laughs> I mean, let's let's yeah. let's look at the the results here too. I mean, we're we're sitting here talking about Denny and how good of a day he had. 
But if you really look at the top 10, I mean, your first six guys were all playoff guys. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney finished third. Like Ben said, Blaney was really good throughout the day, ran up front all day. Skype's giving us some issues, dinging in the background. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I can. And uh, um, Kyle Larson comes home fourth. You know, he was another one that needed to race his way in. And, you know, he was there at the end. And if you watch that last restart, if he had another two laps, he'd have been right there in second because he was blasting around people on the outside. Um, Kevin Harvick finishes fifth. Martin Truex Jr. sixth. Eric Jones, the first non-playoff guy in seventh place. So these guys, uh, as usual, they all kind of, I don't know what is going on with Skype. (laughs) Um, But they all kind of, you know, did what they needed to do at the end, as you kind of always expect with these playoffs. It's it's interesting how it happens that you end up with the top guys all together right at the end. Yeah, it's um, high pressure situations, and these playoff drivers always seem to find a way to rise up to the top. Even even on a day when Denny Hamlin kind of had it covered, um, you know, a, a, you know anything can happen with these guys. And you know that late race restart that they had um, when Denny took two tires on that last restart, I was actually wondering. Uh, you know, if that was the right call or not, I felt like he probably could have took four and been okay. I thought he um, threw it away. I thought, here we go. Denny Hamlin's going to be done because of this. Yeah. What did, what did you think about that one, Ben? When, uh, when Denny took two, cause I, I was, I'm, I was kind of, I'm kind of curious on your opinion there because it, it kind of was a questionable call. Don't you think? I mean, maybe a little bit, but I felt like throughout the whole entire race, I didn't feel like tires really made a big difference for any of the cars. And, like, I mean, Denny had to win the race, so I think he was just wanted to make sure he got off out, out of pit road first to get all the clean air. And I just think he felt that was the best, um, I guess, chance yeah. for him to stay up front. Yeah, I think the crew made the right call. I, I You know, we, we question crew chiefs from time to time and, and some of the strategies that they, they have, but they are the ones who know what tire wear looks like. Right. Uh, on these cars and if, if the tires aren't wearing out and it makes sense to just drop two and uh, and stay out front then absolutely by all means do it um, that could have been somebody you know if, if tire wear was a little bit different that could have been somebody's big chance right there um, but fortunately for for Denny you know he had it he had it covered no matter what yeah I, I think we all like to sit here and act like we know everything that's going on but there's a lot we don't know that these crews do and you know a lot of it comes down to you know tires as an example tire wear fuel mileage you know we'll sit there and we'll trust what they tell us on the broadcast is the fuel mileage and it's always 10 miles further than what they tell us so there's a lot of stuff we don't know going into it that you know it comes back to surprise us a little bit at the end sometimes and and somehow we still get surprised every week and (laughs) don't don't expect it so um on the Go ahead. The guys on TV, they've got a ton of data, but they don't have near the data that these these teams are, you know, putting into these cars. They know every little thing. Um, you know, wasn't it last week at at uh, Texas where you know Kevin Harvick? What what was he doing? He was getting a little extra horsepower, wasn't he? Dropping the uh, yeah, he, he turning off the he battery was turning or something. Off the alternator. That's it. Thank yeah, you. That stuff. That... Yeah. So those are those little tiny things that we would never even think about that these teams have figured out ways to to do these types of things. So right. Um, anything else worth discussing about Phoenix? I, we can talk a little bit about the track itself and, and the performance. Um, but a- anything else about the, this race in particular before we hit on that? Man, I don't think um, so. Ben, how I about you? I'd like to add that um, back to the two-tire thing. Before the race, I heard that um, they were talking to about Gabe Hart and Denny, and they said they were going to go 
into Phoenix with an aggressive game plan. And I just, it felt like the two tires obviously um, would fit into a plan like that. So I'm just, that is aggressive. I, I'm as a fan, I'm glad they stuck with um, their plan. They didn't um, deviate from it. Yep. In the end, they yeah, look, they yeah, look like the smart ones. Point. They're the ones who made it work. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point because you have to, you know, shoot Denny Hamlin, you know, everything's kind of on the line and this is a, this is a career defining moment. So uh, whatever they, whatever they have been doing throughout this season, that's been working, they know what they got to do. Um, be aggressive here, take a chance or, or be conservative. And, and this race, you know, it was kind of writing was on the wall, be aggressive and, you know, paid off for him. Totally. Definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit about Phoenix. We already kind of hit on a little bit. It, it, I guess maybe not Phoenix in speci specifically, but because we're going to be here for the finals next next season, um, Phoenix is going to be the one in the spotlight. NASCAR's got to change something, right? I mean, they can't keep this package going the next year and expect this championship race to be what, what it's been at Homestead, right? No, I think this package is um, it's broken on tracks. Phoenix isn't a short track, but it's it's it races kind of like one. Um this, this package isn't working. The PJ one didn't do anything. Uh, these cars, I don't know if it's a Goodyear thing or an Arrow thing, but we need we need something here because we can't have as as bad of a race as Martinsville was. Richmond's been pretty tough to watch at times. You know, NASCAR's got to you know if if this is going to be the championship race, and and this race had a lot of stakes, and you know with, without the stakes that that we are you know that we had going into this race, this would have been, this would have been pretty rough uh, as far as watching on TVs is concerned. Um, so yeah, NASCAR has to, they've got to adjust something. They got to figure something out. So what do they do? Just take the horse or take the, take the arrow off the car. I mean, I think chopping that spoiler off a ton on the back would be a big step. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier. <laughs> you know, we need, you know, we, we can guess, but hopefully NASCAR has, is starting to put some sort of a game plan together. Um, ben, the only thing that of... scares me before we go to Ben, the only thing that scares yeah. me is that Steve O'Donnell, when he's interviewed about it, still is noncommittal about that they're even looking at changes. That's what concerns me. I mean, we're not – we're a couple months away from the 2020 season – and well, it won't be long after that that we're running a short track. They need to have something figured out if they're going to do it soon, I would assume. Yeah, you would think. I, I know they've got their eggs in the 2021 basket, um, you know, with everything that's going to be changed with the new car. But hopefully they're not going to. I don't know. You can't have you can't have the type of racing we had on Sunday. Um be what your championship race is next year, especially with how good Homestead has been for us. Homestead's consistently put on really great championship races. Um, so we, we've, we've got to see, I don't know, we've something, I, I'm hoping that they're, that they're thinking something um, because I'm, I'm disappointed as a fan with what we saw at Martinsville specifically, that really, that really bothered me a little bit. Um, this doesn't bother me as much. I'm a little disappointed with how the race, with how the race kind of looked um but again it's you know we're, we're kind of hoping here at this point see the thing is i think if i think if this race was any race i'd be okay with how it played out but the fact that it's 
it's going to be the championship race next year. And because we've seen such great racing at Homestead, I mean, last year's race, I think was the worst race we've seen at Homestead in, in this championship format. And it was still a spectacular race. So I don't know. It, yes. It's got a lot to live up to no matter where you go. I just, I think Phoenix could, I don't know. I don't know if Phoenix could live up to it even with a good package though. Yeah, I'm still bummed that we're moving away from Homestead because it's been fair. I mean, it's been consistently very good. Then right. that's, you know, but again, you know, if NASCAR wants to move the date around a little bit and, and find some other venues, I'm OK with that. Um, but we have to make sure we have a product that works. All right. Um, anything to add, Ben? I'm with you, Eric. I just feel like everything's too dependent on um, Arrow. And I think they need to figure out a way to. I guess chop that damn um, uh, I like I the guess spoiler off there <laughs> yeah. and figure a way to just make the cars just operate better without so much dependency on the arrow. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, we always that's what we always liked about short track racing is the arrow didn't matter, and now it does, and that's that yeah. should be the sign that there's a problem. Yep, we need cars that are able to pass each other. We need some turbulence um, somewhere. We need tire fall off. There's a lot of things I think we, you know we can we can say that we need, but yeah, uh, yeah, Ben, that's that's a great point. It's um, yeah, something we need something. So before we get doom and gloom about next season, we've got a championship to decide. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we have three championships to decide this weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, Ford Championship Weekend, the final Ford Championship Weekend. We start with the Truck Series on Friday night. Four drivers left: Stuart Friesen, James's favorite driver. Um, Brett Moffat, Ross Chastain, Matt Crafton. I think this is the toughest group. Well, okay. It's the second toughest group to figure out who's going to get the championship. Um, let's just, let's just do a round table. We won't do actual picks, but who, who do you think is going to get the pick? Uh, Ben, we're going to start with you. We'll, we'll throw it to you first. Who, who do you think is going to get the championship in the truck series on, on Friday night? I got to give it to Ross Chastain. He's come out. Loaded for bear, it seems, this playoff. He's, I guess, putting his name out there, I think. And I think he wants to prove himself that he's making the right decision. And I I just think he's um, been the best performing truck. Even though I don't really watch it too much, I hear that he is usually the best one, one of the toughest ones to beat in the truck. So I'm going to give it to Chastain. All right. James, what do you think? I like Chastain here, too, because I feel like he's on a mission. Um, you know, he, he saw an opportunity and switched his, uh, you know, he switched his points um, distinction early in the season. He was running full-time Xfinity points, and then he saw this opportunity with this team, knew that they could win some races, and um, put it all together. Uh, and mission accomplished. I mean, the, the best you can do other than winning a championship in this series anymore is to make it to Homestead or make it to the championship four and give yourself the best shot possible and mission accomplished Ross Chastain. He made the right call. He's going to Homestead with a shot. Uh, I think he's probably, I, Eric, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this one. Cause there's, there's one driver. Well, we've got a couple of, def- we've got a couple of champions in this round of four Moffat and Crafton as well. Right. Um, but Chastain, raw talent-wise, probably the best of the group. Uh, we've seen the be- the biggest flashes from him. Um, so I-, I agree with Ben. I think we we got to take a serious look at Chastain. But uh, you know, Brett Moffat too. I I think you know he he did it last year. Let's see if he can do it again with a new team. 
Well, and that's the thing. Um, I like Chastain. Chastain's a good driver. I think I agree with you, James, that raw talent probably more than the other two, other three here. Um, but I don't think that's what's going to get it done. And I, I honestly, I think you guys are both wrong. I think Brett Moffitt repeats. I think he gets the championship this weekend. Um, he's been strong in that car, in that truck this year. He is not in the underdog role this year. He's in a favorite role, I think. Um, and I think he's, he's shown before that he can live up to the pressure. Uh, he's run well in the playoffs. He's, I think he's swept around if I remember correctly. Um, I think he's the guy to beat. Uh, Chastain's going to look pretty good. Um, Crafton and Friesen, they're just there. I, I don't see, I don't see anything from those well, two making a big run. I mean, Friesen's run well. He's only got the one I, yeah, win, I don't, though. Well, two wins, yeah, now, I, I guess. Yeah, he's got two wins. I don't want to overlook Friesen because that team brings fast trucks. That is true. Uh, they, they bring fast trucks and man, if they hit it, if they hit it on, on Friday night, you know, yeah. who knows? I just don't think, I don't think Friesen's going to be able to do it. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Friesen's going to handle the pressure. Um, and Crafton just isn't Crafton anymore. He's something with that team, something with Crafton. It just hasn't been clicking. I think he's just there to fill out the, the final four. I don't, I don't expect much out of him. It is, the fact that he made yeah. it through, he went through some, uh, through a turbulent playoff. Uh, that's incredible. Yep. I, I mean, kudos to that team. They, they only have six top fives on the season. Um, and he was able to, he's kind of like that Ryan Newman from 2014 had kind of has no business being there, but he's there and he earned it. Right. So, yeah. Um, so that takes care of the truck series. We next have the uh, NASCAR Christopher Bell series. I mean, Xfinity series. <laughs> um, does anybody else have a shot at this other than Christopher Bell? I'll, I'll throw it to you first, James, on this one. Is, is it Bell's championship? I still think Cole Custer is going to be a problem. I, I really do. I, I, we looked at it a little while ago, a few weeks back. Um, I know Christopher Bell is kind of taking the mantle from everybody, um, but I'm not counting out Cole Custer. He's got a win here. Um, he's having the, this is his career year. Uh, but I do think we're overlooking the, he's kind of the dark horse, but he's not Tyler Reddick. Um, he leads the series in top fives, 23 out of 32 races, top fives. Uh, he also leads the series in top tens and his average finish is, uh, almost three places better than anybody else in the series. I really, I don't want to know if we can just give it to Christopher Bell, although he's got the best equipment probably out of this group, um, with that Joe Gibbs racing horsepower. Um, but I, my pick, I think is gonna. I think I'm going to go with Cole Custer here. I think it's, I just have a feeling about it. I, it's tight though. This is a, this is a tough one. This is a tough grouping. Um, Ben, what are you thinking on the Xfinity series championship? I'm going to give it to Christopher Bell just because I, I mean, I think he's been the best throughout the whole year, but I think, um, Bell's going to have to actually win the race though, because if he doesn't win the race, Tyler Reddick's tenacious and, um, he ain't going to give up. Yeah. He's not going to give up too easy. So I think Bell actually has to get, or obviously has to win the race because if leave it up to chance, I think Tyler Reddick could also get in there and get the job done as well. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. He's, uh, ahead, he's please. our defending champion. So, um, I, or no, not to, yeah, he won the championship last yeah. year. I'm sorry. Yep. He was racing for a different team though. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's got a, he's got a, point to prove um this season for him compared to his championship year so much better uh <laughs> he's really um you know people kind of said that championship was 
didn't count or whatever, whatever they want to say last year was a fluke. Uh, no, not a fluke. This kid's no, really good. He's proven at this, this season that it's not a fluke. Um, I know I threw out Christopher Bell at the beginning and I still believe it's Christopher Bell's championship to lose. Um, I think if Christopher Bell doesn't win the championship, it's a huge disappointment, but I yes. personally think it's going to be a huge disappointment on Saturday night. And I don't think Christopher Bell's going to get it. I think when you look at Homestead and you look at the track, I mean, the guy won it last year or won the championship last year because of how good he was at this track and this style of track in Tyler Reddick. And now he's, yeah. he's more of a favorite this year to do it. So how does Reddick not get it done at Homestead? I think if we're talking any other track, then Christopher Bell's the guy. But I think Reddick's got it because of the track we're at. And then I thought, okay, probably Chicagoland maybe is the best comparison to Homestead right now. Chicagoland's really worn out. Homestead's Can worn out. Yeah. Kansas, yeah. A um, little Ch bit. Chicagoland, Cole Custer kicked everybody's butt. So Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, did. Custer's got to – I mean, I think you're right. I think this is a really tough group. Um, it's hard to say it, it should be easy. It should be Christopher Bell without, without even thinking about it, but I don't think it's going to be. And, you know, we're all counting out Justin Allgaier who just won his first race of the season this past weekend, but, bet, yeah. but he's been really good and he's been there and now he's broken through again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah. It's hard to pick. I, I think overall I picked Tyler Reddick. I think Tyler Reddick's going to repeat. Um, but, uh, but any one of these guys would not surprise me in the, even the least bit. And none of them would even surprise me if they went out and dominated the thing and got the win. Well, so. I, I think the fact that we all picked th the three different guys as right. kind of our, our favorite, that tells you something right there about, uh, about <laughs> what we think going into this race. It's, this is probably, this may be the toughest one to pick out of all the, the championship rounds that we're going to see this weekend. This, this could be the closest one. Well, that's um, a good transition, James, because I don't agree with you on that. I think there's a tougher <laughs> one to pick this weekend. And I think that's the cup series race on, on Sunday. I believe that this is, and I'd have to look back and see who's all qualified for it. And I feel like we've said this before in this podcast, but I don't think it's ever been more true than, than today than this year. This is the most competitive final four we've had in this yeah. format. I mean, these all four of these guys are worthy. So I looked at the stats. I pulled them up as we were chatting here. Denny Hamlin has six wins on the season. Kyle Busch has four. Kevin Harvick has four. Martin Truex Jr. has seven. That is 21 of 35 races so far this season. That means 14 <laughs> yeah. races, only 14 races this season, has somebody other than one of these four drivers won. We, you know, we had Kyle Busch points, point his way in, and I'm using air quotes right now. And yes, Kyle struggled through the playoffs um, this season, and he did get in on the fact that he had earned all these points throughout the season. But if you look at his stats on the playoffs, we talked about how bad he was, but bad was within the top 10 the entire play. You know, I mean, he was there. Bad for Kyle Busch, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, he's on a losing streak right now. Um, but again... Losing streak that a lot, a lot of guys would like to be on. Jimmy Johnson would love this losing streak to be as small as Kyle Busch's losing streak is. Um, it's it's tough to pick a winner here. Um, I am going to divert again. I, I'll, I'll go last here, but uh, Ben starts out. Who do you think? I know who you're going to pick. Uh, you got a sentimental favorite. You've but got to. <laughs> who are you going to pick for the, <laughs> for the championship for the Cup Series? Well, I got a little bit of a twist for you, but um, I think Hamlin will win the um, race, but I don't – 
think he's going to win in just crossing the finish line first. I just think he'll be the first one of the four to get past the line. Okay. I but I do I like where he's going. I have yeah, I've won the championship, but Blaney winning the actual race. Interesting. So, oh, why I like you, the twist. That yeah, is, why, that is a twist. Why are you going for Blaney here? I don't know. It just seems like um, the last couple races, he's really been competitive. I think I have the stats right here. If I can find him real quick, but um, uh, we're good at yeah, filibustering. Just, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I actually don't have him, but I just think Blaney. He's been in the top ten the last two, or I guess the three um, races before this one and uh, the one coming up. And I just feel like he has the speed um, to make that happen, which is why I'm picking him to, I guess, why I've decided that this is going to be the way the um, final race of the year ends. It's interesting. Um, Blaney is, I, I, he is eighth, I believe. Yeah, eighth is as far as average finish at Homestead. Um, of course, you can only look at these stats so much because it's a completely different package this year. We haven't run this package of this track yet, so anything can happen this weekend. We have no idea what to expect. Um, but you're right. Blaney has definitely been on the upswing right now, and he is he's improving every week, and he's been in the running. Um, he's Blaney's one of those guys that he'll he'll top five you to death and do it so quietly that you'd never expect it expect him to win and then sneak. All of his wins have been you know wins that he's snuck into. So. Yeah, um, sneaky. Yep. Yeah, I think I think Blaney's not a bad pick to win the race. Uh, James, who do you got for for Sunday? I know we're kind of doing our picks here too. I guess we won't officially do picks for this because we're kind of already throwing them out there. I, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I, champ, I threw champ, us into this before we got weekend. in the news. So, yeah, Eric's driving the car up a cliff. That's okay. <laughs> no, um, as usual. Cha- championship weekend's a little different. We like to. I mean, there's so much to consume on Championship weekend that we like to divert just a little bit. Um, but I, I was looking at the stats really quick too, Eric, cause I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to compare the last couple of years and who was in this championship round. And, uh, last year was pretty dang competitive too, but not quite, not quite this year. Remember we had that three headed monster last year that yeah, Joey Logano found it, a way to, it wasn't one of the yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. And now we really do have, this really is kind of a four headed monster, <laughs> um, going into this, going into this season now. Uh, man, this is really, this is, you're, you're definitely right. I was wrong. Um, this is the toughest, this is the <laughs> toughest championship round to pick with, with these drivers. They are so, they are so good. And, and you and I have been on Hamlin all season long, uh, thinking that this was going to be the, the year for him. I still believe that, but Ben, Ben's got that pick. So I'm going to let, let him have it. Cause that's his guy. So. Uh, that's that's cool, man. I'm I'm rooting for you in that sense because I'd love to see Denny Hamlin win a championship. I think he's due. I think he's um, he is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But a championship would go a long way to his legacy. Um, so I, I'll be pulling for him on Sunday. Um, but with that being said, I think I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick hmm. to win this championship. Interesting. Uh, I think that he'll win the race and he'll win the championship. I think they're going to bring, uh, I, this is just me kind of speculating, which I do a lot on this podcast. Uh, but the tension, the tension of having three cars in the final four, I don't know if that's a, necessarily a good thing in the week leading up to the championship. And I, Eric, I'll let you, um, maybe comment on that as well, but Kevin Harvick kind of out here on an Island, He's got all the support from Stuart Haas going forward. 
I kind of like the fact that he's going to have probably the fastest car there. He's had one of the fastest cars. He's had the fastest car statistically all season. Uh, shout out to David Smith on that one. Um, but I, all the resources, everything going his way. He's got the Ford backing. Um, so I'll say Kevin Harvick for the race and the championship. All right. To comment on what you were start, what you said, first of all, before I give my pick, um, I don't think it's a big deal that we've got three JGR cars in here. These guys, this team has been used to competing against itself for years. Um, I don't think it's ever, I don't personally think it's ever gotten in the way. I don't, I don't think that'll be a factor this weekend. I think you're going to see those guys run just like any other weekend. Um, that being said, James, you said something earlier in the show toward the beginning that I think is going to prove itself to be true this weekend. So Denny Hamlin is historically a driver that has seen promising chances go up in smoke. Um, it just seems to be kind of a theme for him. And you mentioned Mark Martin and Denny being okay being Mark Martin. Um, they talked about on the broadcast this past weekend that Denny's team, um, oh no, it wasn't Denny's team, it was Truex's team that did that. But anyway, um, I, you know, I think, I think Denny's going to be preparing for this race and think this is it. And he's not going to get it done. I'm going to go with the guy who has had the better season. Denny Hamlin's had an excellent season. He's had a career season, but there's a guy that's had a better season than him. And that's Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. Repeats this weekend and gets the championship, gets the race win and the championship. That's my pick. Wow. <laughs> wow. Aren't you? Well, I, you know, man, that it's, being it's said, tough. that being uh, said, I only did that because, um, I wanted to pick somebody different. Denny Hamlin's got the championship this weekend, guys. He's going to win it. We all like Denny Hamlin on this podcast. It's really hard. I want I um, want Denny to win it just because I want to see another new champion. I do as well. You know, that it's really weird. We have a 75% chance going into this race that we're finally going to get another repeat <laughs> champion, which we haven't we haven't had. We don't have two-time champions. You Eric, you and I were looking at this a right. while ago. There you guys who win two, it's pretty rare. Mm -hmm. So if if Harvick, Truex or Kyle Busch can do that, then fantastic. I mean, that would be huge for their legacies. Um, but the, getting the one for Denny Hamlin, I mean, that would be monstrous for him. So, I, gosh, man, I don't know. I, I, you know, my heart's with Hamlin this time around. I really want to see it get, get done. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be – I think it's going to be these four guys up front all day. I think so, too. Um, I really do. I, I just, I no, can't you know, see. I, I take that back. I think there's going to be three of these guys up front. Somebody's going to make a stupid mistake early and count themselves out right away. First, first stage of the race. One of these guys has trouble and it's over. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, Maybe you could be, right. it's so easy to just, I mean, I, it's easy. Yeah. Listen to me, but it's easy with this format now because we've had stage racing all season where you can't sit back. As long as you stay on the lead lap in this, you can sit back as one of these final four and race the last stage. And that's it. You right. know, you've got the caution coming before the last stage. So as long as you stay on the lead lap, you can get yourself even with everybody and play the strategy game up to that point. So in theory, none of these guys should have trouble, but I think one of them does. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, we saw what happened in 2016, a late race restart took out two really good race car drivers, um, ended Carl Edwards, career. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, that was that was his year. I mean, that was his one. He was kind of in the Denny Hamlin spot. Right. That was that was it. He was going to get it. He led the whole race. Uh, and then, 
you know, he was not good at restarts all season that season. And he, he got, you know, he got took on one and, and it cost him. Um, Let me give you a scenario see- here. These four drivers, top four, final restart, green, white checker with this arrow package at Homestead. Can you imagine? <laughs> Who, well, who you got, Ben, who you got in that instance? Let's say, let's say it's, that's, let's do that. Let's say it's these four final restart. Who, who pulls out, who pulls, who pulls it out? Oh, this is going to, this is painful, but I'd have to go with Kyle Busch only because yeah. his pit crew has been the best all year. And I wouldn't want to put it in the hands of them because if they put it in their hands, it's pretty much over at that point. I got to agree. You got the most aggressive yeah. guy here has got to be Kyle Busch. He's, he's got to be the, the one best that goes restarter. for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the best restarter. That's and that's Hamlin's sure. not good on restarts generally. So, <laughs> not yeah, not great. Um, Hamlin, you know, one thing Hamlin has done this season though is he's definitely cleaned up his act on pit road. Yeah, that's I think been a part of some. They of his adjusted resurgence. that speedometer on his car. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> they they got the cruise control figured out finally. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've. You know, however this plays out, there's different scenarios where the, this this could work out for all of these guys in many different ways. If it's a long green flag stretch, I mean, I think that plays into Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr.'s hands. Um, you, you know, if, if Denny Hamlin gets out in clean air, uh, you know, he's been proven to be very good in many different situations this year. Um, I think Kyle Busch is probably probably the least likely to win this thing, I which is so. weird. Yeah, uh, very weird. But. I mean, gosh, it's it's this is why I love this format. We've got so many things that could happen here. Um, pins and needles. It's going to be it's going to be fantastic. Agreed. Uh, since we screwed the format up, let's just continue on and give our dark horse picks for Homestead. Uh, ben, we gave you first pick since you're the you're the guest here. Who's your dark horse pick for Homestead this weekend? I'm going to have to go with Kyle Larson on this one because this track is set up perfectly for him. Like right. terms pick. Of he can He's run the not- top. Right. He's never won here. Yeah. Never won here. Um, but he's very been very good. So yeah, I think he would be, um, he will be tough. Yeah. Uh, if, if he's got a fast car. Agreed. For sure. I am going to say, um, I'm gonna go Daniel Suarez. I say Suarez comes out, goes out with a bang at the end of the season, gets himself a win <laughs> and gets to announce in, yeah. in victory lane his contract extension for next season. Yeah. If he could pull that off, he might, he might finally get it done. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I, I'm doing this one. This is more for laughs, Eric. So be ready. Um, <laughs> it's his final race. I'll say Paul Menard <laughs> goes out on top and gets the win at Homestead. Nice. That would be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, wouldn't that be something? You you would you would be excited. I mean, happy about that, right? I mean, I know you're not a oh, fan, I'd, but it'd be cool. I'd love it. It'd be, yeah. To see somebody go, we go out with a win. He's yeah, been our dark horse all year. I know, right? Yeah. He'll he'll win it now. <laughs> yeah, probably. I have. I I wanted to say I have picked the last two race winners. Yeah. Just for the record, I don't know if that's ever happened to me before, so I am very excited about that. Next season, so we got to actually keep track of that. We might have to. We both really we actually have. suck at picking race winners. We do. The fact that I got two in a row, I was like, wow, I did it. <laughs> like <laughs> I got a winning streak going. Like some people listen to this thing and consider us experts. I don't know who they are, but some people do. And like we haven't picked race winners, right? We both are sucking in the fantasy league. I mean, <laughs> don't I blame. Don't okay. listen to us. I blame the fantasy league. I'm being a dad part time as well because part part of the reason I'm not a part time dad. Geez, that didn't sound good. <laughs> um, 
because I was all set to get Chase Elliott out of my lineup and sub him in for Kevin Harvick, and uh, I never made that change because yeah. I was busy doing dad stuff. So I haven't picked Man. drivers the last three weeks, so Ugh. I think I'm still running on Talladega Good. numbers or teams. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right, we got a couple news items to get to. Not a whole lot in the news this week, which you'd expect leading into uh, championship weekend. But uh, we had a long discussion last week about Bubba Wallace and his intentional, unintentional spin at Texas Motor Speedway. And turns out Bubba likes to run his mouth and decided to tell Dustin Long that he did it on purpose and what do you expect? And if NASCAR is not going to do anything, he's going to continue to do it on purpose. And guess what? NASCAR did something about it. (laughs) Um, incredible. Yeah. He gets a fine. I think he lost points too. Didn't he? Yeah. He lost, um, what was it? 50, 50 points. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, for that's Bubba, a big one, yeah. it, I mean, it is this team's 50 grand, 50 grand too for yeah. him. That's a big, big hit. So NASCAR get this right. Yes, they did because he, you can't, you can, man, yeah, I don't know. You can steal the pie, have the pie all over your face, clean it up, and get away with it. But you can't then say I stole the pie because yeah. <laughs> you're going to get busted. I don't know. I um, NASCAR th- doesn't believe in a statute of limitations. That's for sure. Well, they had to nail him. I, yeah. I just think they did. I uh, yeah, I was surprised. He did. I guess I'm surprised and not surprised. Bubba's kind of he's he's out there a little bit. But um, Ben, what did you think about that penalty? Because um, I I. The whole thing caught me off guard. The, the comments caught me off guard, and then I was kind of surprised that they did penalize him afterwards. Well, my thoughts on it, I just thought the penalty that was handed out was a little bit excessive, but I, I can see why NASCAR did it. Um, It just seemed like, to me, that the, it's not really the driver's place to bring out a caution just for personal reasons, I guess, or I guess in order to change the outcome of the race. Yeah. Well, that's but what he I said. He what, did it for him. That's what, what I think that's what he was saying. Was well, worse was like Eric said that he admitted that he did it, and I guess NASCAR felt disrespected, and I, they wanted to make an example out of um, Bubba that that won't be tolerated with the uh, race. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. There that's was exactly what happened. There were a lot of people that were upset that he his penalty was so much less than Dale Junior's when Dale Junior did at Bristol, but. At the same time, this is a playoff race. Bubba's not in the playoff battle, not even close. And that was 2004, guys. That was a long time ago. ago. Times changed. And it's a completely it was a completely different point system back then. So you can't you can't compare the two. And even if you can compare the two, it's still a different season. NASCAR is gonna make the decision that they feel is right. Um, I have no problem with it, you know. If you if you're gonna blatantly say you did it, if you're gonna admit to the crime, then you're gonna get penalized. Period. Doesn't matter how late you yeah. do it. You know, I mean, right. yep. wait till after the season's over at least and say it. Then you can say it. And then what's NASCAR gonna do? But yeah, I felt like that. I felt like that monetary fine was a little excessive. But that's just me also saying that because it's Richard Petty Motorsports and Bubba Wallace. Like if that if that penalty was handed out, let's say it was Chase Elliott that did the same thing. Right. I wouldn't have found. I would not have found the penalty excessive. I think it's, um, I think it's a precedent setter, kind of like what Ben was saying. This is, yeah, not. It's not going to be tolerated, you know. Yeah, the thing is, is, um, I don't know. It's just, I completely just lost my train of thought. I did a normal thing there, <laughs> just lost where <laughs> I was going. 
Yeah, Ben. <laughs> ben, this is Ben knows this is a normal thing on the podcast. We lose our train of thought. We tail off. It, yeah, it's it's par for the course. I had a great thought. It was a really really good one, and it's gone. So we'll move on. Um, other news item, which we slipped in here right before the show started, Ben. I don't think we briefed you on this. Um, there was news today that Nashville Fairgrounds has terminated its contract with racetrack operator Formosa Productions, who was the promoter at Nashville Speedway. Um, the Facebook group that I saw this in today is a retired racetracks Facebook group, and they immediately were adding Nashville Fairgrounds to the list of retired racetracks. I don't see that in this news. In my opinion, this is just it's an issue with the track promoter. They've now given that track promoter a boot, the boot. They're not saying there will no longer be racing there. And as a matter of fact, um, the article I read, which was from a TV station, specifically said that they were still looking at promoters for this. And in my opinion, I think this is an easier step for SMI to come in and take control of this track and do what they want to do with it. Um, what do you guys think? James, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I know that Bristol Motor Speedway has been helping them out. Um, so yeah, I think the the blue the blueprints right there. Um, this is just more of a it's kind of more of a business decision, I think. You know, yeah. the guy owed him money and wasn't paying it up. Um, I am still hopeful that we will get Nashville some some top you know one of our top three series here sooner rather than later. I don't think this is this is not the end by any means. I think I think some NASCAR fans got the message wrong here. Yeah. Um, but. Um, ben, I, I know you, we didn't brief you too much on the news, but uh, any any thoughts there on on this one? Oh, I don't know much about the article, um, but uh, I do think NASCAR would benefit from adding something, a new track to the schedule, because I, I know the schedule next year is a little bit different, but I think fans want, I think they're looking for a new track that nobody's really seen in NASCAR, and I think uh, Nashville Fairground racetrack would actually be a pretty cool one to experiment with. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's your, it's, it's your cross it's between Bristol and, and North Wilkesboro. I mean, really, as far as the yeah. style of track, it really fits kind of both those, those categories. So it'd be pretty neat to have yeah. that back on the schedule. Yeah. We've got Dale jr. Kind of banging the drum on it too. So as long as Dale jr. Is behind it, yep. I think, uh, I think we have some positive momentum to hopefully get something, uh, within the next couple of years. Completely agree. Uh, with that, that's what we got for news this week, guys. Not a whole lot. Like I said, going into Homestead, we'll have probably a ton of news after next week with drivers making final decisions and contracts being signed and announcements coming and all that. Um, we've already seen a lot of the silly season dominoes fall. There's still a couple more left to go, but uh, we'll see what happens over the next week or so. Um, with that, James, uh, is it worth talking about Fantasy League? <laughs> <laughs> somehow i beat you this week it yeah. wasn't it wasn't pretty um actually yeah it is worth talking about because uh it all comes down to uh homestead it is a 20 point gap between first and second after all that uh <laughs> five, awesome. almost six almost six six thousand points to the at the top of the list uh ranger running and justin 713 nobody else really matters <laughs> um freight train freight train does have a shot he's way back there he's about 100 points behind um about 100 points behind ranger a little bit more than that so he's got a puncher's chance um but it is a dog fight so ranger versus justin they swapped the they swapped the overall lead a couple weeks ago rangers got it back um and that's it i pretty much have locked up that i beat you it's not pretty though we're at the bottom um <laughs> and we have we have score we have scoters in last uh and then for the bracket challenge um 
it comes down to it's between three of us. It's me, our good buddy Todd, and Steve. Uh, it looks like if Denny Hamlin wins the championship, it's going to be me. Um, if I believe, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but I believe if Kevin Harvick wins the championship, uh, Steve, who entered our bracket pool, will get the win. So, uh, and then Todd does have a chance as well that I believe me and Todd could tie. If uh, if I was if I'm remembering correctly, that's exactly how it goes. But again, don't have the sheets in front of me because I'm super prepared for the podcast. So you and Todd could tie. In, in other words, Todd chose. <laughs> Denny Hamlin or no, I believe that's yeah. Yep. Denny so, has Denny Hamlin. So you make this big deal about how if Denny Hamlin wins, you win. And then you say, Oh, yes. by the way, Todd and I could tie. Todd and I could tie. I believe so that's how it works. You're really yes. kind of slamming Todd a little bit there. No, he's not, I would he's not as important Todd. as you, huh? No, he's more important than I am. He's more vital to this yeah. operation than I am. It's okay. Point, Todd's, so. Todd's been big time in us. So we don't, we don't need to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. He is big time now. Exactly. Um, shout outs. Do you guys got any shout outs this week? Uh, James, go ahead. Any shout outs? Um, I'm actually, I think I am good. I don't have any fun Instagram follows. I haven't seen anything lately. Um, but uh, I'll throw it to Ben. Ben, do you have anybody who listens that you want to shout out? Well, I don't have particularly anybody that I want to shout out to, but I'd like to do a shout out to NBC for their Veterans Day weekend um, race broadcast. I thought it was really well done. And I feel like we could never repay them for what they do to keep us safe and allow us to enjoy NASCAR. So I kind of thought them tying that in with the race yesterday was really, really, really cool. That nice. might be the best shout out we've ever had on the podcast. It might be. And he's going to he's really good. Ben's going to trigger a little rant from me. Um, because him mentioning far away, yeah, <laughs> him mentioning how nice <laughs> of a job NBC did, uh, reminds me, is there any possible way that like, what do we have to do? Who do we have to get on board to get the truck series away from Fox? Because my God, is there possibly a worse way to cover a series than this network is covering the series? They don't send their announcers to the track most of the time anymore. And this weekend, they went to freaking commercial break with eight laps to go in a stage and came back for the last two. Like, the best part That's, of a stage is the last ten laps of a stage, and you went to commercial. Yeah, they're really bongling it at this oh. point. They're definitely saving some cost. That's for sure. And it's, you know, I, listening to Dale Jr. talk about Rick Allen and stuff, it, it makes it tougher to be critical on these guys because I know it's a really tough job, but... Oh, I just want somebody other than Vince Welch in there. Well, you just got to be at the track. I think that's more important than yeah. anything. Get the guys at the track. I mean, Alan Bestwick's still out there. Right. I don't know why he doesn't have a job. It's just like the, the, the camera work is garbage. It's like they have a second-rate crew on this. And, you know, <laughs> it's not like that. During, there's there's definitely issues during the cup schedule for with Fox. But Fox puts the work in during the cup schedule. During the truck series portion, yeah. they just don't care. And it's obvious. Well, and Ben brought, I was just going to say, Ben brought up a great point. Not only did NBC do a great job with, with the Veterans uh, Day stuff, but they're, they just have a professionalism. There's no goofy antics or any of that stuff. They just bring a professional setting every every week. But it's and not, it makes you feel like you're watching a major sport. It's not too professional, you know? though. This, it, you, you got your, I mean, you have your buddies talking in the booth. You got Dale Jr., who's every, he's us talking in the booth and that 
puts it on our level without dumbing it down like Fox does. Right. It's yeah. I just I think NBC's the only thing that again. I don't want to hate on Rick Allen, but the only thing I think that NBC could do better possibly is to have someone like Bestwick in the booth. Um, but I don't know. You know, I, I don't think Bestwick would work with these guys in, in the way that they're doing either. I mean, Rick definitely works with these guys well with the type of broadcast they do. And I don't know if anybody else could do that. I think Bestwick almost would be too professional. Um, Maybe. He's got that MRN radio style, which, you know, if you actually know anything about the MRN guys, isn't professional at all. But <laughs> their broadcast sounds professional. So um, I don't know. I, maybe maybe there's not a better option. Maybe I should quit hating on Rick Allen and just say that we've got it pretty good with NBC. There's nothing to fix. Let's just not fix what's not broken. Did you use your shout out to get um, to get a shot in at Rick Allen? No, I didn't. I actually didn't use my shout out yet, but I do not have a specific <laughs> shout out this week, uh, mostly because I've only started listening to the Dale Jr. Download this week. And it's Kenny Wallace on and I have not listened to the Kenny Wallace, Wallace portion yet, but I'm sure it will be spectacular. We have to rename the shout out section to the, <laughs> D, the Dale Jr. Download um, memorial. Yeah. Shout out something we gotta we gotta get something on there it's it's eric, eric loves the dale jr download. i've just become such a fan of dale jr post racing career he's just he i think he and i just like the same stuff and it it it's i like it ben are you a football fan too do you watch nfl every sunday as well i am as NASCAR? a football fan Steeler fan all right Ugh. oh no i didn't know that i wouldn't have to put you on the podcast. <laughs> Good thing you told me right at the end. Um, I know. I was just. I'm. I'm only kidding. By the way, the Steelers are fine. It's a fine organization. They're much better than Wait, the Lions. Yeah, I was gonna say, what team do you cheer for, James? I I hate watch the Detroit Lions. Yeah. So who beat um, the Lions this week? I mean, not that it's anything to be proud of, but I mean, Stafford didn't play easy. Yeah, but the Bears he, won, right? It doesn't matter. The Listen, Bears? man, as a Lions fan, yes, the Bears won. <laughs> but as a Lions fan, I have lived my entire life watching football uh, down seven with two minutes to go. My team is <laughs> down seven with two minutes to go. It's it's just the way it always has been. doesn't matter if Stafford's playing or if I was out there quarterbacking. We'd be down seven with two minutes to go. Uh, my point was, thank you, guys. Um, that was my that was my fault, by the way. Uh, my point being... Dale Jr. has done this like Tony Romo thing. Tony Romo, he was a mm -hmm. popular quarterback, not the most liked guy, but you put him in the booth and he's doing some other stuff. And all of a sudden people love Tony Romo on NFL Sundays. And Dale Jr. is doing kind of the same thing in his media adventures. He is really fun to listen to and he's really smart. And he just he has a way with the fans and it's worked out very well for him. The only difference, though, James, is that Everybody except you like Dale Jr. prior to like Dale Jr. just fine. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he was he was plenty popular while he was still a driver as well. Obviously, most popular driver True, how yes. many years in a row. But I get what you're saying. He definitely I think he has definitely gone up a notch in most people's books as a broadcaster, which is pretty cool. That's and he, he definitely is, in my opinion, better as a broadcaster than he was as a driver. Um, not to say, I mean, we've joked about junior and, and his qualifications as a driver and whatnot. His stats are nothing to slouch, to, to slouch about. Um, but he's a better broadcaster than a driver for sure. Ooh, he's got two Daytona 500. That's a, that is that's true. a big, that's a big leap. Yeah. Well, 
He's got time. He's got plenty of time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I've, I've never quite, quite given Junior the credit for the stats that he has, I guess. You know, I've always kind of viewed him as – I think I've done like a lot of people have done with Junior and viewed him in the shadow of his dad. And, you know, his stats don't match up to his dad's. But um, but in that aspect, it does because he's got more Daytona 500 wins than his dad does. So there you go. I'll just shut up now. <laughs> there you go. Ben, do you get into the nerddom that is announcing like Eric and I do? Eric and I get into the nitty-gritty stuff sometimes. <laughs> I actually love announcing. I actually wanted to do that in school or when I went to college, but I kind of got into writing more, but I, I'm, nice. I'm a nerd with the broadcasting. He did the same thing we did, Eric. We yeah. liked the announcing side of things. Then we tried our hand at writing. Um, some of us more successful than others. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so. Hey, I don't write anymore either. So I just, I just read stuff. And that's true. Yeah. Stuff. You're just the, you're just the boss now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Anything else to hit on before we uh, head on out of here and move on to Homestead and Championship Weekend? Well, I'll throw it to Ben. Ben, what would you like to? Is there anything you want to cover that we didn't uh, that we didn't go over before we close it out? I think we did a pretty job, pretty good job of covering it all. But um, I'd like to thank you two for allowing me to be a part of this podcast here tonight, though. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on. And uh, anything? Uh, how was it? I mean, did did we did we treat you all right? Did you have fun? I survived, and I thought it was really, I really, really enjoyed myself doing this podcast. Cool, good, that's awesome. That's great to hear, man. Well, we we thank you for um, being a follower of ours and being a patron, and um, I mean, the fact that you reached out to us is is kind of a big thrill for us too. So, uh, we were glad to to get to know you a little bit and have you on. There you go. Um, with that, we go to Homestead Miami Speedway this weekend for Championship Weekend. Before we do that. Uh, let's hit on social media. Ben, you got a social media handle that you like that you're, that you're at. You want people to hit you up on? Um, it's, I forgot. I, that's Berg fan 60, I believe, but, um, <laughs> you just type in my name, Ben Latrario, and you can find me on Twitter. But other than that, I mean, I don't really have anything else. Perfect. Um, social media wise. All right, James, where can they find you? At James Cush on Twitter. You can find me at T Super Speedway on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Super Speedway. Uh, for more of the podcast, you can visit us, visit us at our website at thesuperspeedway.com. Find the podcast on there. Uh, show notes, clicks. Uh, wow. Show notes, links to all the articles that we've talked about on the podcast, um, past articles from races, coverage, and whatnot. Uh, you can find all the podcasts on there. So check that out, thesuperspeedway.com. You can find us on Apple Music, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you found us today. We hope you subscribe and continue to listen. And if you want to become a part of the show, you want to come on the show like Ben did this week, uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash thesuperspeedway. We head this weekend to Homestead Miami Speedway, the final Ford Championship weekend. We crown three champions this weekend. We'll be back next week to discuss it and uh, break down the 2019 season. It's hard to believe it's already almost over. Um, we'll be back wow. next week. Until then, everybody, let's go racing. <laughs>